It's Wednesday, which means there's going to be some depth chart changes for the Florida Gators, and we're going to see what they should be on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts before getting into today's content. Just need to thank you all. Ask you to like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave a review, comment, whatever it is, man. Let me know how you feel about the show. And as always, it's a Wednesday. So we're talking about the depth chart for the Florida Gators because the depth chart, updated depth chart, will come out tonight. Again, this is the Missouri game this Saturday, noon Eastern time. And I think there will be some changes but I'm not. I, I want to say there won't be many drastic changes, and I, I'm there's somewhere I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a little toss up, um, because I mean, looking now, there's not many changes to be made. It's hard to evaluate a game against Eastern Washington. You know, you can look at things where I brought it up. The defense was just still getting pushed around, but even then, that's like, like that's like Javon Dexter was getting pushed around. You're not going to bench him unless you're really trying to send a message, but that's not going to happen. So the thing is that, but I, I think one thing where we can definitively say tight end one, Keon Zipper. Uh, <laughs> in actuality, I, I said this last week, not on Locked On Gators, but I said this on Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. I said this in group chats and all that. Um, I think the which, by the way, Locked On Gators Discord in the comment section has a link. Join it. Um, but I think the way that you should interpret the Florida Gators tight end position on a depth chart, because I realize that it says tight end, Dante Zanders, Keon Zipper. Keon Zipper has been playing more snaps. He's been more involved in the passing attack. He's been, I mean, more effective as a run blocker as well. But I think that when you look at it, you should just look at it as they're both starters, but at different tight end positions. Um, And by that, I mean, when Billy Napier was at Louisiana, he would release the depth chart every week, as always. But there would be two tight end spots, as in there'd be tight end and tight end. And then each one would have a starter and a backup. With the Gators, he's released just one tight end position, Xanders, and Zipper every week. There's no third tight end. There's nothing else behind that. I think the reasoning for that is that at Louisiana, when he would release two tight end positions, here he's just like, these are the starters at tight end. Um, One plays one tight end role, one plays the other. And that's kind of the approach to take. So it's not necessarily Dante Xanders tight end one, Keon Zipper tight end two. It's... Dante Sanders, tight end 1A, Keon Zipper, tight end 1B, F, Y, whatever letters they, that they use there. I think that's the, uh, I think that's kind of the 
bigger takeaway from the depth chart. So if like, if let's say Dante Sanders were to get benched for whatever reason, because we know it's not going to be Keon Zipper, it would still be Jonathan Odom, Keon Zipper, just because it's like, hey, that that's who kind of is starting in that role and Keon Zipper is still starting at his role. Defensively, I think that we do see a change at star. I'm genuinely not sure what the change should be because there has not been, or actually, sorry, there has been a single player who has made impact plays from the star position, but even then that was in one game. Uh, I think Trevez Johnson has been a bit disappointing. I think Jadarius Perkins has been a bit disappointing. I think Miguel Mitchell played a fantastic game, albeit against Eastern Washington. And Kamar Wilcoxon has been listed as the third star, and I think that he played a, a decent game against Eastern Washington. So I think when you watch, you know, Miguel Mitchell, it's like, yeah, well, he played a great game, but it was against Eastern Washington, which also you could say, well, there were defenders that didn't play great games and it was against Eastern Washington. So it's hard to just kind of dismiss that. But I think that there needs to be some kind of change, even if it's just sliding Miguel Mitchell in there over like Jadarius Perkins and now it's Trevez Johnson uh, Miguel Mitchell and Kamar Wilcoxon, and you kind of figure out what to do with Jadarius Perkins. Although, I that's the that's the thing I struggle with. <laughs> I don't think that any star player has been great. That is as in the star position. I don't think any of them have been great, but I don't know if any of them have been bad enough to get benched. But it's also like, well, Miguel Mitchell played a pretty dang good game, and I kind of want to see more out of him. So I think that you've got to work him in some way. I think it's more realistic that we see Miguel Mitchell take over Kamar Wilcoxon as the third star, but I will also say Kamar Wilcoxon did not get played when he was the third star. So does that matter? Like, does it matter that you have three star players listed? I don't know. Back to offense, looking at receiver. This is a change, but it's not a major change. I think that it's time where you look at, you know, wide receiver Deshaun Reynolds or... Uh, Deshaun Reynolds or Marcus Burke, I think you remove the or. I, I think it's time and it's safe to say you can remove the or there. Deshaun Reynolds' biggest knock so far from when I've seen him play is just blocking is bad. I don't think that that should kind of determine your spot on the depth chart. I think it should definitely help you, but I don't think as a receiver it should kill you there. Um and I think that's what we're looking at with Dejan Reynolds. That's kind of his biggest flaw is, is just that. I think he's sound as a actual pass catcher. I think he's a dynamic playmaker. And I think you got to look at it and say, well, Florida needs that. So Dejan Reynolds should kind of drop the oar. He separated himself a little bit. He kind of deserves to be in that conversation more. Whether or not he'll actually play much, much more it's a toss-up because neither Reynolds nor Burke played much. It's not like Burke was taking snaps away from Reynolds. But I think that it's time. And also, I was a big Marcus Burke fan. I still am. But I think Dejon Reynolds has shown enough in the extremely limited snaps where I'm comfortable saying he, he should be next man up. Also, Marcus Burke has a ton of eligibility left. Not that that should necessarily be an argument when you consider how many receivers are coming into 2023. But I think you're kind of comfortable going, if you have to spend another year back there, so be it. Right now we have someone who's just shown a little bit more. Again, I don't know what they're like off field. I don't know what it's like in practice, but 
That's just what I've seen in the very limited time that we've seen them. And again, Eastern Washington is the most recent thing that we're evaluating them from, which it's hard for me to put any any stock in that game, really. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at with it, where I'm like, eh, is it... Is it necessarily something that uh that is going to shake up the death chart too much? Only time can tell. We'll find out tonight. We're about to be joined by Hayden Hanson, Florida Gators freshman tight end, and we're, we're talking this past game against Eastern Washington. We're talking this weekend's game against Missouri. But first, a quick word from Nissan, because this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. And when I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, I think it's it's pretty easy what it is. This week's thrilling moment has to be the first play from scrimmage for the Florida Gators offense. Anthony Richardson, the play fake, the safety bites in on it. You hit Justin Shorter on a deep skinny post. 75 yards to the crib for Justin Shorter. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Joining me now for today's Locked On Gators, like he always does every Wednesday, is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end. And I mean, I I know I ask this every week, but I'm going to continue doing it. Monster, monster win, 52-17 over Eastern Washington. What was Coach Napier's message to the team following that uh, absolutely dominant game? Yeah, so I mean, he started out with saying uh, he he knew it was an FCS opponent, but uh, he said he could just tell by the way we came out in that game that the the tape was going to be cleaner, and it was. He watched it today, and it was – Way more clean. The execution was top level. Like, you don't see those little mistakes you normally see. And um, regardless of the opponent, you didn't really see Florida beat Florida too much. So, I mean, we're on the right track. And hopefully this carries over for a big game. Uh, I know they beat us last year. Um, I mean, I wasn't here, but that's what I've heard. And um, got them on homecoming, so we can't lose that one. Looking for our first SEC win. And uh, I think I think we got it. What is that kind of – what kind of goes into that now? Because we're almost at halfway through the season. So – what is it kind of like to see where Florida you guys were week one to where you are now? Like, what is that like watching those changes and how do you kind of address those week by week? I'm assuming it's kind of like chipping away at, at little errors. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we have the new staff and stuff and uh, minimizing errors is going to be a little growing pain. And um, I think we're on the right track now. I think it's going to be a lot more clean from here on out. And um, it's possible to still get to where we want to get. But, I mean, we have to take care of our business first. We have to win out, and then some other little things have to happen. But, I mean, um, I think this whole team just wants to go out there and just win the rest of the games. I mean, I mean, this team is not – I'll tell you right now, these, the team leaders do not like losing. Uh, we got our player-only meetings, and um, they emphasize that. And um, especially losing SEC games, you know, we're 0-2. Um, that, we got a chip on our shoulder. So, um, hopefully we start a little trend here after this game. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. And I mean, just that Eastern Washington game, obviously kind of the first defensive drive because Eastern Washington started with the ball. They kind of went downfield, got a field goal. And then first play from scrimmage for the Gators offense was Anthony Richardson to Justin Shorter, 75 yards. And it was kind of just like, okay, like we know how this game is going to go. There were a lot of highlights and there have been videos of Richard Garage dancing and Xavier Henderson dancing. 
who's got the best moves on the team? <laughs> Who had the best celebration from that? Uh, okay, that's a good question. So I mean, if we're talking about straight dance moves, like to music, I'm about to give it to Hendo Henderson. Um, that's hard. Cause, I mean, um, there's a there's a lot of guys that can dance in that team, uh, especially that you see those dance circles as people come out. Um, I'll, I'll definitely gotta give it to Hendo though. I mean, he sets the tone, and uh, <laughs> you can play any song, and he'll he'll like match it. It's, it's crazy to me, but uh, he's he's smooth for sure. Yeah, he uh, I, I, there was that video of him just on the sideline, just jigging on it, and I was like, all right. Um, and I feel like you know we've mentioned guys like Dante Sanders, Griff McDowell, Jonathan Odom, pretty often here, whether on air or off air. How cool was it to see six of the tight ends on roster actually get reps? And it wasn't just you know coming in for a goal line rep or coming in for a kneel down. It was actual meaningful reps. So just how cool was that to see the guys that you kind of practice with every day get to do it? I mean, it was awesome, man. I mean, we all put in hard work. So, I mean, everyone on that side deserves a chance to play. And um, when the guys get in, you just got to be happy for them and support them. Um, especially, especially. Um, I mean, I was happy for Griff. I mean, dude's been here for five years, played three different positions, sacrificed probably the most out of the tight end room to become a tight end. He finally saw about three drives of action. So, I was excited for him. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming that in practice, you all get to work with each other in terms of, you know, working with different quarterbacks as pass catchers. And I'm assuming that you've got to work a little bit with Jalen Kitna, at least in practice. And he was kind of the, the big story from this Florida Gators win over Eastern Washington. His first reps lit it up. Has he always been slinging it like that in practice, like he did on Sundays? Or is that a was that different now? Yeah, I mean, the only difference is, I mean, he he getting a lot more reps right now because Miller being out. And um, he's just ever since the more reps he's allowed, the better he's gotten. And uh, I mean, he he's talented now. Um I would say he's always been consistent. I mean, he's always known the playbook. He's always he's always been a reliable guy, but he he, he wasn't as seen as much even in practice because of Miller. But now he's getting his chance and he's capitalized off it. I mean, he was he almost threw perfect. I mean, he there was one practice he threw a hundred percent for. I remember I remember that practice. So um, yeah, he's he's definitely capitalizing off this um, this uh, opportunity he has. Yeah, and there was another – there was a wide receiver that kind of stood out from Sunday's game. It was Caleb Payday Douglas. Um, what What's your feel for him, and what, what's he been like just throughout this? This is his, our first time seeing him as well on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Um, I, when he first caught it, I didn't even know, like, really who caught it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's the scout team receiver right there just torched the whole secondary. And uh, yeah, he's going to be special. Um He's at, uh, I'm a, it's so like when like the freshmen go and get the defensive look, I mean, he's, he's always challenging the secondary and he's going to be a very special player. So I keep. The Florida Gators are currently 10 and a half point favorites against the Missouri Tigers this Saturday. I'm letting you know, I'm almost definitely taking Missouri to cover that spread. Missouri is a team that they always play Florida close. That is what it is. Uh, not always, but they have in recent years. So I, I think that that's something where I'm like, okay. I'll give it to them. They played Georgia incredibly tough, unless this is like, you know, we played Georgia so tough and now we're beat up for this week. Who's to say? But you can put your say in Bet Online. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. You can bet on football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, tennis, table tennis, darts, pool, whatever you want to do. Find it on Bet Online. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And now, how has kind of shifting to the Missouri game, how has this week been so far? I know that at the time we're recording this, it's just, it's Tuesday night, so it hasn't been 
long since the Eastern Washington game, but how has it been different so far, or at least felt felt different in terms of practice and preparation with the schedule obviously being shuffled around? Yeah, I mean, you can just, I mean, you can obviously, any, anytime you play a non-SEC team, you can just feel the shift in the energy just in the practice like that. I mean, it's like, now it's like, we got to get a free SEC win. We got to, we got to make, uh, put our foot in the door here, make a run for it. And um, you can just like you could come and watch a practice for a non-SEC team and watch one for an SEC team, and you can just see the energy's higher, the competition's higher, and I, I will add the reps are shorter for an SEC practice because you need guys less banged up, hundred percent, you know. So, and I know you kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, what is prep like for Missouri? With I mean, yeah, last year they won in overtime against the Gators and. I, I don't know how the feel is in the locker room at all, but I know when I was watching that, I was like, okay, like this is, this is kind of the end of the Mullen era. And it was a, a tight loss, obviously overtime, one point loss and the veterans, you, you mentioned they don't like losing. So I'd imagine that they kind of hold that loss a bit close to the chest. So just what has it been like? What's the energy been like in the intensity? Uh, it's just been, they feel like it's a revenge game. And um, especially we, we got the homecoming crowd, um, big stage. So they really don't see losing as an option here. They, um, they, I mean, they've been preaching this whole practice, like this practice and last practice, to and keep the energy up. We just got to, we got to stay locked in. I mean, uh, and like you, the Georgia game when they played them, I mean, their head coach came on and said every SEC game is a hard game, close game, you know. So you can't take anyone for granted. And because uh, I mean, they almost beat Georgia. So I mean, we just got to take this practice serious. The energy has to stay up. I mean, the leaders do a great job of that. I mean, obviously the fans know who the leaders are. I mean, um, and they just keep leading the way. And um, once we, once we get like minimize the errors in this offense and defense, it, we're going to be a good team. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. And I mean, the offense for now, two games in a row has kind of been a, a bit of a well oiled machine, you know, Tennessee, there were few major miscues that we would have noticed thing the offensive playbook looks like it's been opened up with Anthony Richardson getting more comfortable and more consistent what are kind of the next big steps for this offense to kind of take its next step yeah so I mean um when once AR gets that complete confidence in his throwing ability and his running ability I mean we're, we're gonna be hard to stop I mean this offense is definitely just runs through him so I mean um once he gets comfortable which I think he showed last week he is getting there um we're going to be hard to stop. I mean, we all feed off of that guy. And um, he's one of those quiet leaders. I mean, he talks when he needs to talk, but he likes to just go out there and show it. And um, when he when he has a good game, we all have a good game. So, I mean, and I mean, I'll, I like putting my fate in his hands. I trust the guy. So, um, I, I feel good about it. Yeah, I'd imagine there are a few people who I'd rather be like, yeah, if, if I got to go out there and have someone that could kind of light it up. It, it would be Anthony Richardson. And then I, I want to shift from Florida football right now and just honestly college football in general uh you play tight end obviously with that position comes you have to be a a runner receiver blocker you have to be the mix of a wide receiver and an offensive lineman does it bother you when you see people like George Kittle who are kind of just relegated to playing offensive tackle at this point with uh, the 49ers offense yeah I mean um when I was getting recruited there was always some colleges that were like hey um um you will offer you you commit put on 40 50 pounds and come and tackle I'm like no nah, man I'm just I'm just not doing that I'm not built like that I'm not putting on extra weight that I don't need uh, I mean there's everyone's always going to say that but um tight ends are valuable man and I mean they they were dying out and they're kind of coming back now especially with the new H position um I mean we're I mean we're pretty um hard to deal with when you think about it because I mean 
you got a guy like me that's a wide, it's bigger, he can block, release down the flat, and you got an H that's more of a burner that it's going to be a mismatch with the linebacker. And even the wise with the height mismatch, I mean, there's you can just do so many things with a tight end. Like, it's insane. So, I mean, to see, like, to see, like, Kittle right now just blocking most of the time, it's, like, hurts my heart. Because, I mean, we've seen what that guy can do. It's it's insane. So, Yeah. Is that something that, like, you and our list have spoken about? Because, I mean, you know, when you guys were coming in, it was – you're the big blocking the Y and Arliss is a wide receiver tight end hybrid. Is that something where you guys are just like, man, give give us give us a year or two and then it's going to be a problem? Yeah, so I mean, when when you get recruited, I mean, you know, you look at a tight end, you're like, all right, he's an H or he's a Y. Um, Arliss played receiver in high school, so I mean, he's he really is a receiver. He's getting used to the tight end position. I mean, you might see him a little later down the road this year, maybe split out or stuff. I mean, that dude can that dude can run, but um, yeah, I mean, um. I mean, you, you'll see a guy like me walk in and see a guy like Arliss, you, you'll know the difference. Um, I mean, we just do – like, we have two different types of skill sets, you know, and when you combine that, especially with Nagers' offense and the 12 personnel, I mean, it's hard to prepare for. Yeah, that I mean, with how often Florida goes 12 personnel and how versatile it's been, it seems like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> an absolute nightmare, especially with Keon kind of lighting it up lately. It, it just seems like – like I, I don't want to be any defensive coordinator that's got to go, yeah, they're going to run the ball a bunch. They're going to throw the ball, and it's going to be the same personnel. Every look you get, it's going to be the same thing. It's just it, – it seems like such a struggle to be a defensive coordinator against the Florida Gators right now. Um, this was Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators, freshman tight end. Catch him every week on Lockdown Gators. Catch him every weekend on the field for the Florida Gators. And we'll, we'll talk to you again next weekend. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow as it's crossover Thursday. We're talking Florida. We're talking Missouri. We're talking smack. That's what we're doing. If you want to check your second listen, make it Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best university. And, I mean, honestly, do you need more? Just check it out. It's got Florida Gators coverage in there. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.